Welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. I'm Brian, and I'm alone. And we stopped doing movies of the Marine Corps at least one minute at a time when we finished Heartbreak Ridge, which was only just yesterday. But today's a new day, and today's also the Marine Corps birthday. Happy 245th birthday, Marines. What better way to celebrate a birthday than with presents? The only thing we can do here at the Marine Corps Movie Minute is offer you bonus content. So what that's going to look like this time is an unedited version of the second interview we did with Pete Koch. So we hope everybody enjoys the complete conversation we had with Pete Koch on the second go-around of the Marine Corps Movie Minute. Welcome, everybody, back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute. This is uh, Billy and Perry, and today we got a special guest returning. We got Sweet himself, Pete Koch. Hey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to, to good to speak with you again. Yeah, absolutely. You're always welcome to to come in and visit with us. <laughs> All right, you got it. Coming back, uh, you know, second time. He's officially reached friend of the show status. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Pete. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. We've reached minute eighty six. This is the basically the minute full of the the pit fight in the water between first platoon and recon platoon and of course you're featured very heavily in throughout that minute and uh, so you know we had a couple couple of little good gags we see here especially with you and and the rest of the marines and, and i guess real life marines i assume were part of this yes indeed so i, I think i think i've heard you say in the past maybe on a, a separate interview like oh actually you said it to us too this was like a heat wave during this time is that correct yeah it was it was it was uh it was really hot it was like uh San Diego was kind of experiencing like, like a record heat during this time. So when we got around to this scene, had a chance to get in that water for a minute. It, it, was, a, <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Now, was there something? Did they have to ship water in for this because of the because of the heat wave or whatever? Like it was drying out or? Yeah, it was like a heat wave and a drought, and yeah, they they uh, they had massive water trucks come in. By the time us actors got to the location, they were still putting water in. I'm sure that was something they had been doing all day because I think we started about midday. It was it was real hot, and uh, yeah, so that that mud pit was was fortified <laughs> water that they tanked in. Oh wow! I mean, I have to imagine this is a fairly fun scene to film. Do you do you recall was this kind of staged in any way or was this kind of like get out there and start throwing each other around have some fun with it? It was staged certainly and the, but there was a lot of in, impromptu. So the the fight coordinator and Clint were very much prepared and uh, had a vision of how that would go and then they're they're communicating carefully with the first assistant director I always tell people uh, what the job of the first AD is to instruct and direct and, and coach everybody except the actors where the camera's like right on uh, one or two people or whatever that scene is. But everything sort of around it is the responsibility of the first AD. And when you've got a big, big scene here with, I don't know, 50, 70 people, you know, and that's like, I guess about. 10, 12 actors, and then, uh, you know, 50 Marines that 
served as and they were paid you know they were they were our uh, our background extras but they were the real deal so they, that was great and they were, they were also very very helpful for any of us actors that had questions along the way so it was this very coordinated effort between all those parties the stunt coordinator clint who's directing the scene of course and, and then the actors and they just told us where they wanted to get in a position and then there were other times and the clint's got a got a bullhorn because once they say action you guys just start having at it you know let's get these battles going <laughs> in the water and then when they might run the camera for a minute or two and it's just all hell breaking loose but then he would get on a megaphone and say hey that's a cut let's shut it down and then he would give us more instruction and then as as you know as the fight scene moves on the contestants you know are eliminated they come out of the water and until it's down it's to two guys and so there was a uh it was a method there and we just worked on it for hours, you know, just to get that that what we call coverage enough, shoot enough film so that, that Clint felt like he could edit together something that looked cool. Well, no, do they have like a lot of uh, costume changes, you know, like when you get in and out of the water or do they just. Yeah, it's a really good question, right? Because you go in dry and then you get wet and you're like, oh, what if we didn't. Uh, that's why it's so important to. So the, to the answer your question, no, the, the short answer is no. Okay. And we knew that going in. I mean, they made it clear that we didn't have any backup wardrobe stuff there. So we they it needed to be shot in order. Oh, okay. But yeah, because it was a, it was a big deal. You, you make a good point because once we got into the water, it was on. I mean, you couldn't <laughs> come out and shoot anything, really make sense of anything because you were going to be wet. Yeah, it's a good point. It, so it was, it was shot in order. Oh, that's cool. Well, they did a good job of editing this together because it's it's actually it makes a lot of sense. You can follow the action. I picked this minute in particular partly because it's a fun scene. Yeah, <laughs> like like you you feature feature prominently in it because like you can see at one point you throw like four or five guys off of you. You're high fiving mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mike Gomez who plays uh, Keones. Yeah, which I actually I, I had a question about that before I go any further. So that little high five between you guys, I, sh- I assume that was something that was now set up. I think you kind of answered my question. It seems like a little bit of business that might have been, you know, pre-stage, maybe shout because obviously yeah. you were throwing the guys off. And then that was like the, the follow up, the nice high five between you two. Yeah, I think that was Mike's idea. He says, hey, at this point, we seem to be, you know, fighting in right proximity. You know, we ended up next to each other. And during one of the breaks in the action, he says, you know, maybe... And this is really the fun of acting, you know, because uh, actors are, all, are, you know, sort of always looking for what we call business, like something to do, uh, something to do with your hands, something to do besides put your hands in your in your pocket or, in your, <laughs> yeah. such a, you know, such a scene like this. I mean, like Brad Pitt famously is eating food in a yeah. lot of movies that he's in. But yeah. he's not the only actor that does that. It gives you something to do. And. The more you have something to do that's realistic, the easier it is to be authentic. Not that we were look, not that you know we were in this water looking for any kind of great authentic acting moments, but it, but it's always nice to have some business to do that connects actors in a meaningful way. So the camaraderie of he and I giving each other a high five was kind of cool. I think that was Mike's idea. Oh, that's cool. That's a great little bit because that I that stood out to me, and then it made me focus on the minutes some more. And like you said, I could see 
that you guys were in close proximity. And there was a little shot a little before that where it looked like you guys were working together and kind of fell over and were throwing some guys. Well, teamwork. Yeah, it was a neat payoff to not only see like you throw like five guys off of you. So it was like, that's like a Hulk moment. It's like really cool. <laughs> but then also the fact that you guys already had a minute of working together and like, oh, like, yay, that was awesome. High five. Because I noticed actually going back throughout the movie, there was minute 55 when you guys were in combat town, when um, Lieutenant Ring was leading recon into combat town and Gunny started shooting at everybody. You and Mike Gomez took cover at the, at the same time. And I was like, is this a little thing where they kind of setting up the big guy and the little guy kind of palling around? Or was that just something with between actors? And it's, it's kind of neat to know that you guys just kind of improv that in the, yeah. Heat of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, was, that's interesting that uh, you noticed that, but uh, the, that we sort of characters uh, connected in a couple of scenes, but that, that was, um, that's just the way it worked out. Yeah. You know, just overall, I we just I think this is a funny minute bec- between, especially like I, I knowing that we were asking you to come back on. I, I paid special attention. Like when you first get in the water, you could tell like you look really eager and excited to get. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went and, right to the deep end too, or the farthest end from the from the bank. <laughs> and of course, the moment where you you know throwing the guys off, I brought it up a few times. The high five is a great moment. But then you're doing almost like a Stooges, like Mo with Curly and Larry grabbing a you know choking the guys out, but you know in a headlock and and walking two guys out at once, which is a pretty funny moment. And then running back in, all excited to get another two. <laughs> and I believe somebody suplexes you backwards, which was kind of was that another thing? Do you, do you recall was that set up, or was that just something that kind of just happened? You know, <laughs> that was that was uh, that was set up. That was part of the stunt coordinator, and he said, uh, "Let's." His idea was, you know, it was perfect. He says, "You know, let's make sure that this isn't just a cakewalk for Sweet. <laughs> let's give him somebody." The guy they chose was one of our uh, background Marines. And uh, gosh, I'm at a loss for his name right now. But he he also was he was about the biggest guy that that uh, as, as part of that group that was with us every day as, as you know, cast as one of the, the regular background guys. And he was also the this unit's um, medic. Oh, OK. I think he was in the Navy. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. he would have yeah. been a Navy corpsman. Yep. Yeah, he was a Navy corpsman. Right. One of these super trained up guys. He like was a corpsman, and, a, and he had trained with uh, special operators. Uh, he, he was an interesting guy. Very, very, also very, very fit. And uh, yeah, that was the guy they said, "Come on over here and see if you can <laughs> get Pete off the ground." <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a cool little thing, and I did notice that when you first go in that you know, just the whole, everybody, there's, there are a few big guys, you know, maybe not as muscular or maybe not as tall, but there's not everybody's, uh, you know, average size. There's, there's some big guys. So it makes sense. They got somebody that could kind of take it to you, but they, they gave you a little props. They, it took like four guys to get you out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I like that little bit because where this ends up going, it's down to Stitch Jones. Right. In order to not make it be the Swede show, (laughs) they would (laughs) assume. They had to they had to justify you getting out. And and actually when when I'm I got the minute now, I'm kinda of watching as we're talking. And you you like hit you attack a guy, but you also kind of stumble and then that's when the guy suplexes you and then they do you the service of at least giving you four guys to carry you out. 
which is always funny too because i like the, the the look on your face is pretty funny like i'm not giving up i'm not giving up and it's just <laughs> it's just funny it's a great scene right right after or right before that you could see i'm not sure where this was filmed in in the minute but you could tell it's it's, it's definitely an extra it's, it's definitely a real marine and he's just having the time of his life he's got the biggest smile on his face yeah. So I can only imagine it was a lot of fun to to kind of do this, even if it was a long day and, and I assume physically demanding, though. Indeed, it was. But it was also a scene that uh, I think all the actors were, were looking forward to that. You know, we had that on our schedule and I was really interested to see what this mud pit really looked like, you know, because <laughs> and how how the scene would play out. And. It was great. I think every guy was totally into it. I think we probably spent six or eight hours shooting it, which is like hard to believe, but everything in the film business takes longer, you know, than you <laughs> yeah. think it will. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was everyone was really excited to shoot the scene. And Clint was was all about it. And I always marvel at him because, you know, he's he didn't have much to do in that scene until the very end but he was he was directing so he was extremely busy you know that day and he and he i think he made the scene look 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 as uh, as cool as it could have been really authentic because we perry and i um when we we both went to were stationed in pensacola florida for a while and one of the things we did during our training unit uh for pt is we do something like this without the water uh, we call it like knockdown drag out or something like that. You yeah. Get of, mm. You get out of football field and you basically split the platoon, you know, the, the teams in half and anything it took to get the, the other team across the, the center field, let's say mm -hmm. you did it. And we did a, also something called trash ball, which was any ball we had two trash cans, put them in at the, at the end of the, you know, goalpost there, anything you can to score and anything you can, can to keep them from getting in. And it's, it got very physical, but it was very fun. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it, re it reminds me of this scene. So I, I do wonder what came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> did, did somebody watch this movie and go, Hey, this sounds like fun for PT, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and not everybody has a, a can truck in, you know, water pits for, for us to do it, but you know, we make it work. Yeah. We used to do football wrestling with a uh, football kind of similar to that where yeah. you had a, uh, you know, you had to, to, you know, try, and it got pretty, it got pretty, um, I won't say violent, but it, it got pretty, pretty, yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you try to dislodge or remove the football from the other guy. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. Off, the, off those, uh, you know, those, those events where you, you know, pop a ball loose and you kind of scramble for it, you know, and it's like, well, okay, now you got it. How can you keep it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kill the man with the ball type thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's legit football football drills. You know, we um, you know, stripping the ball out is something that's worked on a practice every day. Those turnovers are so important. So yeah, it's good fun. It makes sense. Yep. That you can incorporate that into some uh, military training. I like it. Yeah, it gets you physical. It gets you you know not afraid to take a hit. Yeah. Not everybody's taking a hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to do doing this stuff. So actually, you brought a football, and it may, actually made me think of something, both in this scene and and also the scene later. Uh, I mean, this is getting way later into the, the actual um, uh, ending of the movie when you guys are fighting in in Grenada. Uh, you, there's a couple times you take some some you do you do some uh, I'm up, you see me, I'm down kind of dives with your with uh, you had the M60. 
like, were you ever worried about getting injured during filming that, you know, filming this because you had to go to, you know, training camp here shortly after filming? Was that ever on your mind? Well, or was it just like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned that, that anything, I, well, I take it back. I mean, I, I was very uh, alert, sort of conscious to the fact that something like, uh, you know, rolling my ankle or something in, in those scenes that we were shooting in Vieques that, you know, in, in Puerto Rico that were doubling as uh, Grenada. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were in a real, you know, sort of a jungle. It was no doubt. And then you got this weapon and, you know, let's face it, like my level of, you know, comfort in the heat running with this weapon that's, look, it's not loaded. It's got blanks on it but you still got the weight of it and Mm -hmm. um, you want to be you know every day i felt a bit more comfortable moving around with that weapon but i'm a long shot i never got to the point where i could just only imagine that it it just takes quite a bit of time to get really familiarized and and comfortable and feeling confident that you can run and move and do things with your weapon and, and keep yourself and everybody around you safe yeah yeah, a lot of training consideration, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, you know, because I, you know, us actors, we, we were just getting on the fly training. So, yeah, I was definitely aware of that. I mean, for that matter, you can easily, there was a scene where I had a run, run, and they asked me to kind of do a, like a Pete Rose head first slide with the gun. Yeah. Like, what? This, and the, my first concern <laughs> was, yeah, and actors actually, I did this four or five times, but, my concern was big, heavy gun made out of metal, sharp edges, and your face, your hands, your arm, and there's anything <laughs> can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was ac- acutely aware of that. Yeah, and I know what scene you're talking about, and I, I, for for what made it on 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 the screen on film, you don't hesitate, you don't hold back, you hit that ground hard. I mean, you you take that dive, and it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks that weapon hitting the ground the wrong way and bouncing back up and or your face hitting off of it, it yeah been, that could have been uh that could have yeah. that could have that hurt <laughs> yeah yeah right i mean yeah, that's <laughs> definitely was um you really start to think yeah the f-16s yeah. are much lighter platform than that uh than m60 <laughs> is that m60 still in use no, not anymore. No, they uh, they replaced it with a weapon called the uh, 240 Golf, which it looks almost identical. But I think it's, uh, from what I understand, it's a little lighter. <laughs> I think it's a little smaller too. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what we got to practice with. Yeah. <laughs> same same idea. I think it's a little bit smaller. I think it's definitely lighter. But yeah, it's it's basically the same thing. Okay, and it's improved. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, even the 240 golf was was plenty heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I you know I I'm just this just make a comment you mentioned about Clint Eastwood putting a hard day's work and not really you know, having a lot to do until he gets in the pit with major powers, which is obviously jumping ahead a little bit. But I noticed um, there's just one shot at the end when he beats major powers and drags him out and Chuzu holds his arms up and everybody's cheering. To me, it looked like an authentic moment for Clint Eastwood, not as Tom Highway, but as Clint Eastwood, it looked like it was kind of like, Hey, this was cool. We got the job done. You know, we, we got the shot we got, I mean, I, I'm just, I, this is something I could be reading into it, but it just seemed like after a long day of a physical shoot where it, like I said, it did look like it's fun. 
it seemed like everybody was kind of cheering him on Clint Eastwood, you know, like it, it seemed like a genuine moment that was ca- captured on film. I could be wrong. It just was something that stood out as, uh, as kind of neat. No, your instincts are exactly right. And by that point we were, had been filming together as a group for at least two or three weeks. And everybody, everybody was really a hundred percent excited about making this film and, and personally to a man, uh, I think I could speak to these actors I worked with that to a man, everybody was just truly enjoying the experience of working with Clint. It was very easy to conjure up that, that emotion of happiness and sort of gratitude and relief, you know, that he won the fight and, you know, and, and the, ah, oh yeah, it doesn't, it just like anything else in, in this world, you know, when you've got a boss that you like, it makes things, it makes life a much, much nicer. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be cool too. I mean, you were there for, for filming a Clint Eastwood fight scene. Like how legendary is that? <laughs> I know. So crazy. I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's clever, right? When you think about it now, you know, that movie's, there's a bunch of fights in it. Clint's got his moments to shine. It's just it's great. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Perry and I have been kind of going through recently, and I mean, we've hit a lot of the talky scenes. We, we're always just like, are we going to have a hard time finding something to talk about in these, you know, more two people in a room talking, maybe sometimes three people in a room. And we found that some, these are some of the more fascinating scenes. Like, Scenes between Clint Eastwood and Aggie, where they're just had, they're just, you know, husband or ex-husband and ex-wife, kind of getting some stuff off their chest. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, she did a great job. First off, uh, uh, we we we've given her a lot of credit, uh, Marsha Mason, for yeah. just uh, just how she 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 can go from snarky to angry to you know hurt to just she's great. She's really good in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even stuff with like. Clint Eastwood and Arlen Dean Snartier, I hope I said it right, you know, who plays Chuzu. Well, two old buddies who've been through a lot together, bonded in blood, just just the way they talk to each other. We've had a lot of fun discussing this. So, yeah, it's such a neat movie. I've made no bones about my love for Clint Eastwood. So I, <laughs> I find a lot of a lot to take out of the movie. And, and it's neat to kind of even look at it, these scenes isolated that you maybe wouldn't focus on because it's an action movie. And it's a comedy, but there's some really cool moments of just two actors working together and and doing their thing. And it's great. Yes. And that's an interesting observation because the movie, yeah, it is. It's a comedy at at points and it's got very broad, very broad uh, comedic scenes. I think most of this, a lot of the stuff with uh, Stitch Jones is pretty over the top uh, funny. (laughs) And, and then there's this love story that it's really a love story. I mean, you could, you know, arguably you could say, yeah, that's a love story. That's got a bunch of knucklehead Marines running around. That, that <laughs> Clint, uh, you know, kind of gets uh, squared away. Yeah. He's tasked with getting these guys um, in, in, in shape, but then the movie sort of drifts back to, um, you know, Hey, listen, the oldest, story is you know men and women trying to, men trying to understand women clint really conveys that he cares deeply about this woman and 
it gets complicated because she's got a boyfriend now, maybe, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Roy, right? Yeah, yeah. Bo Swenson. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. It's really it's, it's there's a lot going on in that script. I think it's I think it's an excellent script. Yeah, because we we gave um now we don't we know we don't know how true this was. But we gave props to this movie being that this you know this is the mid eighties when it was filmed, and they gave you know they took a time out of this movie this action movie to put the wife or the the spouse's perspective into the film of what it's like when their their husband goes off to war. Yeah. Specifically when Aggie was kind of unloading on Tom about you weren't there. You know, I didn't know where you were, what you were, you know, where you were, what you were doing, all that good stuff. And it just was, it just ate away at her. And and of course we, we kind of speculated that Clint Eastwood's character, you know, never, never even dawned on him that that was an issue, <laughs> you know, that she yeah. had probably been holding in. But the fact that, you know, Clint Eastwood took the time out of this action movie to put something in there to, uh, you know, even back then to be like, yeah, this <laughs> war sucks and it affects people in different ways. And here's mm -hmm. another side of it. And, and I think that also helped, you know, we were saying like that they, he helps to, it, it showed that he didn't see that, but he's now starting to understand. And that's where they start making their reconciliation a little bit, I think, because they, they get this off their chest, something that probably been brewing for a while. So I just, I just think it's neat that they, that we it can jump around to these different genres depending on the scene, and we us doing this podcast, we always find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's it's so dense. Even we've even joked we're like, oh, this is a talking minute. I, you know, so we'll just do this one alone and and get through it, and then we end up finding like this is a lot to get through. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some good stuff. Yeah, um, still part of the you know, the pit fight. I think this minute, I'll just throw it out there. I think it's minute 89. There's a pretty funny scene with you, uh, Pete, where you're, it's, it's when Gunny's basically winning. He's dragging major powers out and you're just cheering him on and you're like punching the air and you throw your hands up in the air. And I just <laughs> thought that was a real funny, like, you know, like, yeah, just really getting into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just trying to bring some energy to it. Yeah. Uh that's a scene at boy at that point in the day we we had a lot of tired actors uh me and me included and um and it was you know i it was it just i was just trying to give it everything i had and you know there was a lot of the kind of shaky camera handheld camera stuff going on there and and just trying to figure out my my position in relationship to where the camera is you know like that expression of you can't see the camera, it can't see you, but you can't look at the camera, so you got to feel it, as we say, and, and that's up to the actor to do that, you know, because you could be doing some great stuff, and if you're just not, you know, clued into your position versus the camera, camera can't see you, and that's not used, that's unusable footage, and that's a big waste of everybody's, you know, energy. We're all trying to contribute you know, to, to make it something good. So the camera's got to see you. So this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, it's front and center, right. You know, right there on, on the screen. And it, it's a good little, uh, I always call it little bits of business too. It's, I, I like it. It's, it's, everybody's got their own little personality and character in the background, even though it's not really, uh, it's, it's, it's more about Clint Eastwood winning the fight and yet everybody's mm -hmm. celebrating in their own way. Do you have any memories about, uh, cause I, I, there's a couple funny little bits post 
fight where you guys sing uh, Bionic Marine. About <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I, it's my understanding that Mario Van Peebles came up with the lyrics for that. And it's kind yeah. of funny watching everybody do this kind of like barbershop quartet version of <laughs> uh, a, a song sung about Clint Eastwood's character. And, and of course, you got a little, um, you put the exclamation point on the song and it's, it's pretty funny. Do you, do you have any memories of, of like that scene in particular or how that kind of went down? I just know that that was uh, impromptu, and you're right. Mario says one day, he says, man, I wrote this song. I think uh, I talked to Clint about it. I think we're going to film it, man. Maybe you make the movie, you know? And I was like, Mario is just such an impressive character because he was just very thoughtful, very engaged. I mean, I learned so much because I was so new to the business. And, and he, even though, I don't know, he's maybe four years older than me or something he's was infinitely more uh experienced and he's you know just a truly creative person and i remember just coming away every day thinking and he wasn't the only one i mean there, there really were some some really creative young actors uh, half of those guys were from like mario i think i don't know where mario was living at the time but he's a new york guy and those guys that do theater i think they they definitely come out with a different sort of wiring in their heads and ability to you know really get creative total admiration for that so i was just soaking all that in and, I, and there's also the confidence that goes with it like hey clint i wrote a song yeah <laughs> imagine that like put it, put right. it in your movie <laughs> right just like that so but it it worked you know and i mean yes i had forgotten about that <laughs> you know actors at the highest level that tell us the people if the great majority of the acting work, I, I, in my judgment, that you see on TV and film is the actor, you know, auditioned for that job, just for that job. You know, like I'm talking about all of the small roles we call co-stars and guest stars. Right. And that's a person that might show up and have a line or the plumber knocks on the door and says, uh, yeah, I'm here to fix the sink. And then the, the star of the show says, you go around the back and you're done. You said, I'm here to fix the sink. That's your line, right? That's, and we call that a co-star. That's a line. But, you know, 400 people auditioned for that. You're not paid to do anything fancy to do that. You're, you're made to look, you know, to look the part, hit the mark and deliver the line. That's it. And they don't want more than that for that. When you get to the lead role, when you get to the stuff that Matthew McConaughey does at his level, or Josh Brolin's one of my favorite actors. He brings unique presence every time he does something. He's paid to do that. He's paid to not deliver the line. He's paid to bring something special, something unique, something maybe the director and the writer never thought of to have that level of creativity. Benicio Del Toro, who I work with for all these years, many years, as I saw him this morning, I'm his personal trainer. And we've talked about this. The lines are simply moving him from point A to point B, and he uses them as guidelines. What's he doing? He's telling a story. He's telling a story. The guy that says, I'm here to fix the sink, he's part of the story that he basically just moves it along somehow. But the lead characters, when you watch a movie and you're just really following that lead character through what Clint does in all the movies that he stars in, is he takes you through that journey. And not too long ago, I watched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And it's such an it's such an amazing film because Eli Wallach is so good in this movie. And Clint has never been. He, he's so good in this movie. 
Oh, I'm forgetting the third guy's name. Uh, uh, Cle- uh, I always say Cleef. Oh, Lee Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef, yeah. Yeah, I recall. Yeah. <laughs> and he's outstanding. And they're very, very distinct characters. So completely different from one another. And they have all this interaction, yet they have their own moments. And they're telling three, very clearly telling three separate stories. That's a product of good writing, but that's a product of... Uh, each one of those actors did a, uh, a unique and special job of the characterization, all that they wanted that character to embody, which were three very different personalities. And the enjoyment of watching that movie is to get is that to go through that journey of what they're trying to do. I don't know. That's just sort of my my take about, uh, you know, trying to find um, you know some of the acting, the process a little bit that I know about it. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way. It's not just the lines, you know, the, the moving the story along. It's what that character or what that actor does with those lines. Yeah, Sicario is an incredible movie, and I don't know that anybody but... Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the people that were in that movie, but Josh Brolin was incredible in it, Benicio Del Toro was incredible in it, but I can't think of anybody else doing those roles for the exact reason that you you, you said, is that, you know, they bring something special to it because it's... Yeah, a movie, yeah, it's a great movie or a series of movies, two movies so far, but there's some scenes that are really hard to watch. And I'm just like, man, I don't know if I could see anybody else, you know, doing some of what happens in this movie if it wasn't for the, the quality of actor. And Benicio de Toros, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and I and, and I know the amount of work he puts into those, the thought process, the the training, the uh, the preparation. I, that that goes into each each time he takes on a role. So it's been fun for me to learn from him and get to know him and him share some of his process, which is, you know, generally very private to actors. Although some some come out and just talk about it on shows or interviews, but most are pretty private. And sort of rightfully so. You know, it's something Yeah, it's the secret sauce. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. I mean everybody you can Google and find out where and who Benicio trained with and, and that that was hugely formative. He trained with Stella Adler, who died many years ago when she was an older woman in her 80s. Stella Adler's father was a famous acting coach, and Stella was an actor of some renown and was around right about the same time. And she worked with and gets a lot of credit for um, the training of Marlon Brando. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really heavy, heavy history. So Stella Adler is one of the all-time greats, and she came out of this family that was producing some of the great actors and, and their training, the, their methodologies for training. And Benicio had a chance to, to study with her for, I think, uh, about a year and a half uh, when she was in her 80s. And um, he says, that was it. Changed my life. I got this amazing <laughs> experience and these tools that I could take with me. So you take all that, and then you go. But then there's just talent because i said of all the people that you studied with with stella adler who else made it like to the point where you might even have seen him in a movie ever and he said i mean maybe one other actor I said it's been that's the reality of it he all gets even with a lot of good training certainly helpful very helpful but it's so competitive such a competitive business so oh, i imagine difficult to separate yourself from the pack definitely believe that <laughs> Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's minute 92. Moses Gunn comes in, Webster, trying to get everybody to rat out. And there's a funny little bit with you, Pete, where you come out of the other side of the, I guess, the, the head. That came out of nowhere, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because in one of the scenes you see you leave because you're like, I don't want any part of this. But then when they start telling him you know, he's trying to threaten everybody, you just come right up from behind him. <laughs> it's, it's such a funny moment because it's kind of what I, I like. I was kind of joking or when I was watching it, thinking of like, this is probably how they thought it was going to go with Clint Eastwood or Gunny Highway when we, we first meet you in the film. <laughs> And it didn't, <laughs> you know, it, but, but, but Webster was much more intimidated <laughs> and it's just funny. Cause you don't say anything. I think, I think Rodney Hill puts his, your, uh, his hand on you kind of almost like holding you back. And it's just kind of, and he's just like, I guess I'll go now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't say anything, but it's just a funny little bit of you just showing up and your presence being there just, just is intimidating. And, and, and of course it gives stitching the rest of the the crew to that 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 little bit of extra backbone to just tell them to don't go away don't go away mad just go away (laughs) (laughs) which to this day because of this that line i whenever i say like don't go away mad just go away it's i and i kind of i i always have to put a little growl and gravel into it like (laughs) (laughs) it's a quotable movie for sure oh yeah (laughs) yeah oh you're right you know but that that scene was with uh, Moses Gunn, God rest his soul, who was such a wonderful man. I I almost wished he had more to do in that movie because he was such a great actor and he was uh, just so pleasant to be around. We were staging that scene, getting ready to shoot it. Clint's like, all right, Moses, you're going to stand here. Pete, uh, let's see. Let's see, I want to shoot it here, but not much room here, huh? And just go stand over there. Just go like go right over there. But I was like only like I could only get like a two feet away from Moses because I was up against the wall. You couldn't really. It was just a weird spot. I don't know why they chose this. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I'm like, I said to Moses, "This is kind of weird. I'm sta- I'm so close to you." <laughs> he just laughed and goes, "Oh, it's okay." This yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I worked out fine on, on screen, but you can yeah, it is like it's like in the it's like in the doorway. Everybody just kind of stands yeah. there. <laughs> what are you doing in the doorway like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he's great in this movie. I mean, just really everybody's does their job well in this film. There's there's really nobody that I would stand out and go, you know, they probably could have recast this this actor or this actress. Like everybody's pretty solid in this movie. And yeah. he's great. Like he does a lot with what he gets. The character he plays is kind of a kiss ass. Yeah. Yeah. Moses Gunn's a cool dude. I've seen him in other things. Yeah. Uh, he's, but he's just so good of, of this, uh, of like, like there's a scene we, it's actually before the pit when uh, they're getting the briefing. I think it's, I think it's back in like mid 85 and they're getting the briefing uh, from major powers about what they're going to do, what the objective is for this exercise. And you like, you can see you and the rest of the recon Marines sitting in the background. At one point, Moses Gunn, or, you know, Staff Sergeant Webster says, oh, Major Powers, I'd be honored if you, you know, led our platoon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a, like, a teacher, you forgot to assign his homework on a Friday type moment. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he plays that character so well. Like, it's so good. <laughs> Agreed. Really, really well. And had everybody understanding that his role in this movie was the thankless one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't going to go his way. So right. <laughs> somebody's got to take that too. Yeah. There, there's a scene towards the end. I we're, we're bouncing all over, but um, there's a scene at the very end when the Colonel comes in and chews out major powers. 
And basically yeah. it says, you're a walking clusterfuck of an infantry officer. You know, basically you're dismissed. And, <laughs> right. And, and Moses Gunn's, or, you know, Sergeant Webster's reaction to Chuzu and Tom Highway and what all just happened is, is classic because he hitched his horse to make flowers. <laughs> yeah. And mm. they just took that horse out the pasture and shot it because his leg was broken. Like, and, and he's like, shit, now what do I do? That, I mean, the, the look on his face, he doesn't say anything. It's just the look on his face is like, well, I guess I got to go follow my, you know, the guy I <laughs> chose the back, even though he's not clearly the right guy. <laughs> and, yeah. and he just walks off. And it's just such a good little moment. That's And it's not even a moment. It's not even like it's more about, you know, Clint Eastwood and Sergeant Major Chuzu and all that good stuff. But it's just such a great little scene. <laughs> yeah, somebody's over here calling my name. I think I'll go find out who it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, that got me thinking. There was one other scene, which actually before the pit fight too, and of course after what I just mentioned, there is a scene of you. It's just you and Clint Eastwood in the helicopter when you're about to jump out of the the helicopter in order to begin the whatever exercise this is. You know, to mm. that gets that gets us to the pit. We find out that Swede has a weakness. This is his kryptonite. He's scared of heights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now it goes over two minutes, uh, eighty three, eighty four, uh, but it's just a funny little quick scene. Well, we learned a little bit about your character, but also uh, Clint Eastwood's character, too. He's also scared of heights. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he seems invincible. There's a, a funny bit that you say when you he's like, you are? Like, just the way, <laughs> the shock that you convey when Clint Eastwood admits that, yeah, he, he's not he's not happy about jumping out of this plane either. Or <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a quick scene. But it's a funny little bit of levity, I guess. And, and again, it's a little uh, character because the look on your face, again, when, when I, you know, I mentioned this, like you were shocked at Tom Highway being scared, but also when he's like, come on, let's, let's get, you know, and so let's enjoy the view basically. And, <laughs> and, and you gingerly walk, you still are conveying that fear as you're like shuffling to the door <laughs> and it's, it's a good little bit. Do you uh, do you have any memories of of filming that particular scene? Obviously, you didn't jump out of the plane, but uh, right, the helicopter, but right, right. So right, the cutaway was the guys jumping out and landing in water. That was that was done by the second unit group and using the real uh, recon guys, you know. And that was was cool scene. And uh, you know, so how we shot the scene pragmatically no sense flying around if you don't really need to so the, the, hair, the helicopter's on the ground and there's crew members on both sides of the helicopter and they're shaking it to give us some semblance of vibration inside as if we're <laughs> really flying and of course a uh, quiet you know uh, except for guys shaking it a little bit so and all that helicopter sound and noise and everything because helicopters noisiest thing in the world right yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know all that. All that gets edited in later. So it's just yeah, you just have to picture for a second that it's it's quiet. And there's guys shaking the hell out of the helicopter, and you're standing there with Clint, just trying to deliver a line. And hopefully, it's not only the line, but the body language and everything is feels authentic. You know, that's all. I don't know. That's all I think as an actor or, that I really what I'm trying to to do is to speak truthfully. I, and I really don't like heights uh, myself. Uh, <laughs> so it wasn't too hard for me to sort of conjure up like, this would suck. This doesn't feel cool to jump out of this. 
But um, yeah, yeah. So we're shooting it on the ground. It was quiet, and just had a bunch of guys shaking the shaking the um, helicopter. That was, and we did. Uh, I think we did two takes, and that was moving on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it it came off well on screen, and yeah, it was, if you get if you get it right the first time or two, why why keep going? <laughs> yeah. yeah, why keep going for it? And maybe the fact that they were shaking it maybe explains why you were walking so gingerly. It may it might have been a little, uh, <laughs> so it was authentic. You know, it worked it worked good, and and they did a good job of either finding somebody that kind of like like when they cut obviously to the recon marine jumping out that's supposed to be you like i didn't go oh that's that's clearly a cut that's clearly <laughs> look at that doesn't even look like him you know <laughs> it, they did a good enough job like i used to watch jag and they would cut to like real footage or this really bad cgi and even though i love that show i'd be like <laughs> wow where did they film this in their bathtub like it looks terrible <laughs> it seemed natural that it was like swede walked up and swede jumped out and and he never questioned it and of course Later in that minute, you see on the ground, you get a shot of you taking off your helmet, putting on the the jungle hat, uh, jungle cover, and then actually wrapping up the uh, parachute. I imagine that had to be kind of a pain. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. I'd forgotten about that. But um, yeah, no, it was great to get, uh, I got a quick lesson on, you know, the, the, the proper way to gather up that parachute. Obviously, it's not something I've ever done and uh, got a quick lesson on that from, you know, one of the recon, you know, guys that were so, so helpful, I should say. Yeah. And then do it. Let's shoot the scene. How was that? Very cool. I've actually, um, through doing this podcast, through just various social medias and actually uh, a couple of guys I've actually got to chat with on some of your posts, Pete, uh, I kind of was interacting. They were there at the time of shooting. Either they were. I found a guy that was in the repelling scene and he was one of the, he said they got paid $60 to go repel for the day. <laughs> you know, oh. uh, he's like 60 American dollars. He goes, and you can see me, you know, he's like, I'm on the right. And, and so I thought that was neat. And I, I talked to a guy that was, he was on duty during the, the time where you guys were staged um, when, when they were doing the emergency preparedness drill and everybody was staged on the flight line. You guys were on a bunch of bleachers, I think. He said yeah. he, he walked in, the, he was on duty. He wasn't actually part of the filming, but he was making his rounds and he kind of made sure he got on camera. <laughs> and so, so it's pretty neat uh, uh, kind of trying to interact with some of the, I mean, it's, it's great to get the filming perspective side of it. But you know, I'm always curious of like, how did these Marines get involved? And once in a while, I find somebody that was there and sometimes they were just said, sometimes they were told, hey, you're going to repel today. <laughs> but you got paid to do it. And, or this guy, he was like, Hey, I just kind of made sure I went and visited my friend while they were filming. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah. That is clever. I like the stories. People reach out to me from time to time through social media and they'll say, uh, yeah, I was at Camp Pendleton during that time. I remember watching you guys filming one afternoon. So stories, it's, it's all about the stories. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's what Bill Murray said in Stripes too. It's like, it's you're always going to lose the girl to guys like them because of the stories. It's the stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perry, do you have much else? Uh, any any questions for Pete that we haven't kind of hit yet? No, nah, man. I got I got one, but you got anything you want to hit? 
No, man. Um, it's been great having you back. Yeah, I, 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 I'm fascinated just listening to listening to the stories. Yeah, there you go. This is stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's this. This has been uh, it's been really cool. Really appreciate you coming back. I know you're probably busy with doing other things and taking the time to to hang out with us for a little while. Has been it's been great. Yeah, my pleasure. It's fun to reminisce about this this film with guys that uh, really appreciate it. It's nice. Thank you. Oh yeah. I think Perry said it best, but uh, yeah, I just want to thank you too. Before we go though, I do have one quick question. You may know the answer to it. You may not. It's oh, totally fine. We've been going back and forth in this movie and we've had other guests on and, and who are Marines as well. And we were trying to figure out Lieutenant Ring played by Boy Gaines. Do you, do you know if he had silver bars or gold bars on? Do you have any recollection? <laughs> oh, and it's fine if you don't because... Oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't remember, like, I don't see the color, but I remember the story. So what, what would be, is it the butter bars that are the entry level? Yes. Yes. The, yep, is that the right? Goal. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. I think that's where he was at. This was his very first assignment, just being a college guy, right? He comes straight yeah. out as an officer and yeah, this was, this was the first stop for him. That's my recollection. Okay, that makes the most sense based yep. on the way they portray him. We've, we, we've debated back and forth because there's no clear, literally in the same scene, it'll, be, it'll appear gold and other times it'll appear silver, just depending on the ah, lighting. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it'll be like the left one is gold and the right one is silver. And we're like, great, we can't. <laughs> there's no literature to say, it, like let's say for IMDb, it's not first lieutenant ring it's lieutenant ring so we have to kind of speculate but the way the way they play him he's a boot ass lieutenant and that makes sense that he's a butter bars and it's official everybody Uh. (laughs) we're gonna go with pete it's he's a butter bars from now on he will be he's a second lieutenant butter bars yeah (laughs) (laughs) here's one of my boy gain stories for you to finish you know because he's wonderful he's a award-winning stage actor we were like what look at this guy <laughs> he was already a big shot on broadway when, when he came and joined uh, you know our crew for for heartbreak ridge the glasses he wore were well, that was his idea and that that was perfect you know when he got the script and he knew he was going to make the movie and he just was envisioning his character. And these are the little the details that would be so great. He just did his homework and found the sort of the standard issue, you know, every AJ squared away version of uh, glasses that you would have in the army. <laughs> Bought a few pairs, you know, and then showed up with them, threw them on. And he said to Clint, I was thinking about going with this look. And he said, love it. And it was off and it was oh. perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. I'm, I'm, thanks for sharing that because that we would have never. We just assumed it was just wardrobe. Like they look authentic as the birth control glasses that they give us, and you know, similar to boot camp. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so that's also kind of sell the the innocent like uh, schoolboy kind of look. You know, it's something simple you wouldn't think about. I mean, it's just a pair of glasses, but in the context of the character, it just kind of it kind of sells it. Agree, it does. It's so. It's so good. I, I remember all the actors trying to find, uh, you know, what's a unique thing is camo makeup, right? Oh, yeah. The real stuff. Yeah. That greasy stuff. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, 
there was a scene where we, we all were wearing it. They said, just put it on the way you see fit. I don't know, because we didn't have any instruction. But, you know, any, any time you have a chance to, to kind of uh, separate the way your character looks or moves or sounds, you know, to distinguish if you think it's the truth, if it's truthful to that character and or the way you wear your, what do they call it, a brush cover. You can stylize that just a little bit, you know. <laughs> And everyone was looking looking to do that. I, I thought it was great. I mean, I you know, the military by its definition is going to make everybody like the same. The haircut and no facial hair and all these things that put everyone on the same level. Rank being a, a different issue. But um, but then within that, I, I, I felt like it was it was fun to kind of find ways that you could, you know, separate. that's what actors are always looking to do, to separate the way your character you know, add characteristics, you know, personalize the way that character does things to your truthful vision of, of how that, that's how that person would go through life. Yeah. So it helps everybody stand out just a little bit. And like you said, because everybody's in green, <laughs> everybody's wearing the same thing in this movie in particular. So it, it is neat to have little, little things to, sting, to distinguish everybody. But yeah, I appreciate you sharing that story about Boy Gaines. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I really don't have anything else. So as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, I want to thank Pete for coming back and talking with us, you know, joining Perry and I talking some more heartbreak Ridge. Uh, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day to come in and discuss this with us. Uh, Pete, is there any plugs or anything or, uh, anything you want to mention as far as, you know, where people can find you, where, you know, anything you want to, uh, endorse as far as anything you got going on or upcoming or promote, please feel free. Yeah, so no, I'm uh, I'm available. Uh, I love to connect with my fans. Facebook, I'm pretty full. I think I'm at my limit of friends there, but uh, Instagram is good, and also LinkedIn. I've got a, a, a great connection uh, with folks out there, and it's just Pete Koch, P-E-T-E-K-O-C-H, and um, yeah, just follow along, and I uh, love to connect with fans of Heartbreak Ridge and military folks. I love this country, and we couldn't be as great a nation as we are without the military. So a strong military at that. So thank you for your service. Well, thanks, Pete. Really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for, uh, you know, I, I'll just recommend everybody follow Pete on social media. I, you know, we do that. I do that. And he's, he's, a, he's a good follow. Mm-hmm.